Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back once again to another episode of the Dogland Podcast brought to you by Dogs by Nature, SB Nation, and Vox Media. The Cleveland Browns are winners in week 12 as they defeated Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks 23 to 17 in overtime. I am your host, Jackson McCurry. And joining me as always is my co-host Anthony Jokey. Anthony, how you doing, brother? Oh, thank God for that win today because boy was it shaping up to be a miserable weekend of football. Yeah, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I was ready to tap out. Yeah, it sure was. I mean, Saturday did not go well for uh Ohio people with what happened with between the uh, Buckeyes and that team up north, but the Browns uh sure as hell made it the weekend. Um uh they rebounded made it a rebound for sure the way that they uh squeaked that one out at the end of overtime thankfully because for glimpses of that game you thought the browns were going to find a way to uh either get blown out or lose it um in heartbreaking fashion like they typically do but they they pull out a win they're now four and seven um you know we're still in in the hunt on the graphics and uh, there's still that slim percentage chance that they could somehow squeak into the playoffs. Um, it's going to take a lot over these last six weeks of the season, but uh, you know, the Browns, they aren't giving up yet. And I tweeted it out. The team is still believing in the coaches. They're still believing in one another, despite the chaos that has happened over the last month or throughout the entire season for the most part. But um, yeah, they found a way to win today and that's good because when you hit the home stretch as we enter the month of December, uh, you know, we've seen Browns teams time and time again, Anthony tank out once December rolls, but it seems like this team's still got a lot to fight for and and there's no signs of quit yet with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They're about to get, uh, you know, a, a shot in the arm uh, from Watson coming back. And uh, you know, this defense, I tell you what, I know we'll talk about it, but if they play, the rest of the season, like they played today, you know, there's some good things that could happen. Um, you know, I think the defense deserves a lot of credit for what they did today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, they, they haven't quit. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a lot of effort on both sides. You know, we'll talk about Jacoby Brissett, what he did today. But there, there was um, – there was a lot that went on in this game today and uh, for them to, to go down and, and score that touchdown uh, under two minutes um, to, to tie the ball game up, you know, a lot of times that doesn't go their way, uh, but they found a way to win today. Usually it's finding ways to lose, uh, but today they're able to find a way to win. And, um, you know, they're still, you know, three games back of the division leaders, but they do have a, <laughs> A win over Cincinnati. Uh, they have Baltimore at home coming up. Uh, they're still two and one in the division, so you know there's they're still an outside chance there. But uh, they just have to to focus on on winning every week and, and taking care of business. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this week coming up is another big one. 
in Houston. Deshaun Watson makes his return, like you said. Um, you know, it should open more things up in the passing game, open things more up offensively, which I think bodes well for a, a running back like Nick Chubb, even if, you know, if Kareem Hunt can, you know, squeeze out some more juice uh, just because he doesn't look like the same player. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Deshaun looks like. It's been almost two years since he's seen the field in a regular season game. So going to be a very interesting week and a big game uh, this coming week. Uh, but let's talk about this game, you know, as you know, Deshaun Watson makes his return. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, this was his uh, swan song, so to speak. Um, nothing but high praise for what he did over the first 11 weeks. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. There was games that, you know, he made bad throws in the end that, you know, took the Browns chances of winning the game away. But uh, all in all, pros pro all the way through, even today against Tampa, uh, you know, came up limping in one of the final drives. And, you know, you would have thought maybe he would have sat on the sidelines, but not that's not Jacob. That's not in Jacoby's DNA. He got back out there. Uh, and like you said, led that two minute drive at the end of regulation and threw a ball that uh, like Nathan Zagura said on the call only for the chief to get. And, you know, David Njoku who hauled it in uh, to tie, to put the Browns within one Kate York obviously makes the kick at the end of regulation to tie the game. Um, you know, Jacoby, you'll look at the stat line. It, it won't tell the full tale because you had to see the game. You know, there was throws that Jacoby needed to make today and he made those to put the Browns in a situation to win. And, you know, he did it again in overtime that put the Browns in the position to win. Um, so, you know, the stats won't fully back it up. People will look and be like, yeah, Jacoby's a middle of the road guy, but you know, time and time again through the first 11 weeks, you know, when the game was on the line, you know, he didn't always make the throws, but in in like today, he he stepped up and made some big throws to put the Browns in a situation to win, and we couldn't ask for more. Uh, and as he said in the post game, uh, it was effing awesome. And you know, the end of regulation and end of overtime, it was effing awesome to see Jacoby do what he did uh, to put the Browns on his back and in a position to win the game. Yeah, you know the p- position he's been all year round uh, for these first 11 games of the season. He's just been, you know, a total professional about the whole thing. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, more than a, he's more than a backup quarterback. Uh, I think with his leadership uh, that he has, and he's done such a great job, um, you know, for, for this Browns team. I know, you know, the, the record doesn't always, you know, dictate that, but um I don't think you could have asked from anything more from uh, a backup quarterback, uh, you know, when you're asking him to start majority of the season, 2,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, 62% completion percentage, uh, or 64%, excuse me, for, for the season. I, you can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, you know, there's some more games that this, this team should have won, uh, but you know, those throws that he made today, you could tell uh, just from the announcers on TV that he was highly motivated to, to play Tom Brady, um, you know, who we, you know, spent some time with in New England. Um, you know, he made some incredible throws. He had an incredible block down the field on the Schwartz uh, reverse touchdown. Like he put Antoine Woodfield on his backside. Um, you know, those are those are the kind of things that um, – win you over with your teammates and I know Jacoby has done that uh, way before today but when you do those kinds of things throwing blocks on the field um, 
doing what he has done uh, for the Browns. Uh, he's just been a great teammate for everybody. Uh, he's been, you know, an uh, above average backup quarterback. And, you know, the, the those couple drives he had in the fourth quarter in overtime, the, the pass to Njoku, the big pass play to uh, Amari Cooper uh, was just phenomenal. Um, you know, you, you can't ask for anything more than what Jacoby has done for the Browns this year. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, he's headed to the bench, but he's still going to play a vital part, I, I think. Um, not on the field, but I, I think helping Watson, uh, you know, get acclimated and everything. So um, he's still going to be a, a great teammate. And I know if for whatever reason he's called upon, he'll be ready to go. Uh, he's that kind of professional. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been uh, a great showing, I, I think, from Brissett. Uh, you know, I know he probably won't be here next year because I think a team is going to pay him a, a decent amount of money uh, to, to be a starter next year or, or at least maybe like a bridge guy. But uh, he, he's done a great job with his time here in Cleveland, and, and I don't have uh, enough positive words to say uh, about Brissett and what he's done. Yeah, without a doubt. He's been a pro's pro all the way through. And, you know, he knew what he was stepping into when he signed with the Browns back in March, um, that he was going to be, you know, essentially the bridge guy to when Deshaun Watson was going to make his return. And he did everything, just about everything, I'd say. Of course, there was those couple games where, you know, he made some bad throws at the end and ended up getting intercepted. But, you know, he did just enough, I think, and met about everybody's expectations for the most part about what he was going to be throughout the first 11 games. And uh, I'm with you. I think he's played himself into having, getting a nice contract uh, this off season and being, you know, either a starter or like you said, a bridge guy to an upcoming rookie of some sorts, or, you know, just a a stopgap until a team can find that long-term replacement in the draft or perhaps with a trade. So yeah, Jacoby did a great job. And probably will get the Browns a compensation pick uh, for the contract. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I think he's uh, played well enough to where he's proven that, you know, you look at some of the starters around the league and I think Jacoby Brissett can do just that in the right system uh, with the right pieces around him. Um, Jacoby's done a nice job. And you think back to what he had to do uh, in the wake of Andrew Luck's retirement and a team didn't give him a chance. I think, the work that he's done and kudos goes to the coaching staff as well for getting him ready. Um, He's proven that he's going to be around the league for quite some time. He's definitely proved that uh, for sure. You know, when you talk about this offense, uh, when you talk about pros, pros, Amari Cooper is another one of them guys, Anthony today, you know, he dropped a ball with um, eight and a half minutes to go wide open on a fourth down and the Browns were down 17 to 10 and, you know, he he was beating himself up about it. And, and th- those are usually targets that Amari just does not drop. It, was, it went right through his hands. It was a shocker to me and my family were watching the game at home. And, you know, you would have thought that that was the, the moment the Browns were going to let the game slip away like they've had and just completely just give up. But they didn't, and they got the ball back. Obviously, you know, the teams exchanged punts, and then the Browns drove down the field to tie the game. But Amari made it up in a in a huge way late in, re- in overtime um, wide open down the sideline was a 46 yard catch and run getting down to the two yard line. I mean, it was perfect setting up Nick Chubb's game winning touchdown. I mean, you know, Omari's one of those pros pros where, you know, if a mistake happens, he usually, j- he shakes it off and a lot, you don't see that in a lot of guys that 
a lot of guys it, it psychs them out and you know more mistakes happen but Amari's a pro's pro he reminds me so much of Nick Chubb and his you know his quiet demeanor and you know he leads by example instead of leading you know vocally but Amari shook it off had a great game seven catches for 96 yards obviously that drop is one that he would want back but Amari's been such a pro's pro and you know, week in, week in and week out, we will continue to say we fleeced the Cowboys in that trade, only giving up a fifth-round pick because Amari's brought a lot to this wide receiver room. And, you know, week after week, he continues to show why the Browns were, were geniuses for pulling off that trade the way they did. Yeah, and way before that overtime reception, I think it was the next drive after the, the drop on fourth down. He had a huge, uh, a huge first-down catch. I want to say it was on, on a third down. Uh, that he he caught that so you know he doesn't drop those drop those often but he sure made up for it uh you know late there in regulation and, and then overtime so yeah you can't speak enough to what Amari Cooper has has done this season you know he's a well on pace for for a thousand yards um and you know what the Browns have been able to get out of him uh for for only a, a fifth round pick you 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 know, it's just a huge win uh, from the fr uh, front office point of view uh, from what they were able to uh, accomplish with that trade. Now, you know, with, uh, with Deshaun Watson coming back, I I, I wonder, Jack, if he's going to be able to, to kind of take it to the next level. Um, you know, if he's able to do what he's done with Jacoby Brissett, at quarterback, and I'm not knocking Jacoby, but – you know, Deshaun Watson led the league in passing two years ago. Uh, you know, the last time he played played a regular season game. So you have to wonder if, with uh, Watson coming back, if Amari Cooper and some of these other guys like David Njoku, David Bell, who had four catches today, uh, Peoples Jones was quiet today, but um, you know he's been uh, up there in terms of uh, playing well this year. Um, Anthony Schwartz, who kind of was unexpected, but had a couple nice plays today. Um, you have to wonder, um, you know, these great quarterbacks tend to elevate the players around them. And if Amari Cooper is able to get to another level, uh, you know, what he's going to be able to do over the course of these, these final, final seven games, I, I think it could be, um, you know, something pretty special and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but, I, I just think with, with Watson coming back, uh, I think the sky's the limit for Cooper um, and what he's going to be able to do here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Jacoby, you know, he he's the type of quarterback that gives you just enough. And, you know, he did some unbelievable things with his chemistry with Amari Cooper. I mean, in the 11 games, Cooper has 57 catches, 792 yards, and seven touchdowns. But they said it during OTAs, mini camp, training camp. The ball just comes out different with Deshaun Watson throwing the ball. And, you know, they talk about, you know, there's the good quarterbacks, then there's the great quarterbacks. And, you know, Deshaun had unbelievable chemistry with a lot of different receivers down in Houston. Uh, the ball just comes out of his hand different. You know, Stavansky has done a great job in his three years as, you know, the, the head coach slash off offensive coordinator of getting guys open. And it's just a matter of, can the quarterback get the ball to the receivers? Deshaun's one of those quarterbacks that can do that. Jacoby was able to do it, but I, we all just expect things to be a little different with Deshaun just because Deshaun has played at such a high level since he's entered the league. Now he's been out of the league for two years. So 
it'll be interesting to see what he does getting back out there on the field. It might take a, a game or two to get into a rhythm and get comfortable uh, just because he hasn't played in almost two years and hasn't practiced in, you know, nine weeks leading up to his return back to the field. And he's only taken so many reps as, you know, the backup slash scout team quarterback. So you would expect things might get better for Cooper. Like you said, it might get better for Peoples Jones, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, Najoku, et cetera, et cetera. We're just in wait and see mode to see what really is going to happen once Watson gets back. But you would think Amari, who did good things with Derek Carr in, in Oakland and Dak Prescott in Dallas, you would expect him to stay on the consistent level he's on. We might just see a little bit more out of what's already been a great success for Amari Cooper in 2022. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot more that can be accomplished. Um you know, and you wonder with Watson coming back, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later this week. Uh, you have to wonder if maybe things open up even more for Nick Chubb because you have such a threat uh, at quarterback to distribute the football, uh, which would be scary if things open up more for Nick Chubb with just what he's been able to do this season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, with, with, with Cooper and the rest of this receiving core, you know, I'm sure, you know, they'll welcome – uh, you know, Deshaun Watson back, uh, I, I think on the football field, there will be uh, a lot of positive things uh, going forward for uh, these receivers and tight ends. And I, I just think th this offense is going to seem different, but with the way that, you know, uh, Stefanski operates, and you saw it a lot with Baker, you saw open receivers constantly. You've seen it at times, too, with um, Jacoby Brissett. Like, these guys are, are schemed open. Um, they do such a great job of, of getting guys open. It's just up to the quarterback to see that. And, um, you know, one of the reasons they, they moved out from Baker is just because he couldn't see the field. Uh, Jacoby would see it, but he's not the guy that's going to take a lot of risks in throwing the ball deep and downfield. And, you know, he's not like a, a, a deep ball guy, but uh, I think now with, with Watson coming back, things are going to look a lot different. There's going to be more of those, more of those deep shots, more of those, you know, 15 to, to 20 yard shots uh, downfield. Um, and I, I think that you're just going to see uh, how open, this offense uh, and schematically things just because you're going to have a quarterback um, that will be able to see it and, and make those throws. And I think that's just going to really elevate the, the rest of these receivers, especially Amari Cooper. Yeah, you would certainly hope so. And you made a great segue because you were talking about how the running game should, should open up more with Deshaun Watson being back out there and, you know, Nick Chubb, you know, kind of got off to a slow start this week, but, you know, had some strong runs in the second half, um, goes over 100 yards. There's the stat that, you know, it just so happens to coincide with the fact that, you know, he gets over 20 carries, the Browns are undefeated this year. And he goes over 20 today. And, you know, for a while there, it was looking, we were down in the fourth quarter when he went over the 20 carry marks. I was like, well, is this the day the streak's going to finally end? Lo and behold, and overtime, Nick Chubb gets the game-winning touchdown, his 12th of the year, ends up with 116 yards. He's now over 1,000 yards for the fourth time in five years. Unfortunately, that rookie season, he had that one negative run against Baltimore, which kept him under 1,000 yards. But, 
uh, and I think Nick Chubb went over, I think he either tied or surpassed uh, Mike Pruitt for third on the all-time rushing touchdown list today. So uh, another solid day for Nick Chubb, um, him and Derrick Henry, obviously neck and neck for the rushing title. I think it's something Nick Chubb really wants, even though he's so humble and is about the team. Um, that's eluded him so far in his first five seasons. But I think with Deshaun back, if things open up, uh, there's a good shot uh, Nick can get the rushing title that um, has eluded him so far in his young career. Yeah, I think it's scary, uh, you know, what he could do if things open up more for him, just because it always seems like things are open when he when he hits the, uh, you know, the, the hole on, on the offensive line there. Um, you know, with, with Nick Chubb, it's funny when he got that 20th carry, I turned to my dad, I'm like, well, does that mean the Browns are going to win now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, when, when they were down, uh, still seven there and it, and it turns out that they, you know, come back and win. And you just have to, you know, kind of laugh at that, but you know, <laughs> much like, <laughs> uh, excuse me, much like, um, you know, Cooper and Brissett, who we've been complimenting a lot today. You, you, it's the, those same adjectives apply to Nick Chubb. And, you know, uh, Jonathan Vilmo was talking on, on the broadcast today uh, about Nick Chubb and, and how much Stefanski believes in him. And he, he said that he tells players, if you want to things, if you want to learn how to do things the right way, go follow Nick Chubb. And he, he's just, uh, he's a quiet guy. He does what he's supposed to do. He does his job every single week. Um, he's really good at his job. And, you 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 know, he's not one of these running backs or skill position players that's going to talk or draw or, or do anything. He just goes out, runs the football, runs to the sideline. That's it. He scores a touchdown, tosses it to the ref, and heads to the sideline. He doesn't do anything extra. But when he's on the field and running football, he does all these things so phenomenally so phenomenally that I can't say that word, but um, he does these things so well that, um, you know, he's just, uh, he's a, the best player that, that they have. Um, and he, he's, he's so good. And, you know, if, if things open up for him uh, with Watson back, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, the 1500, 1600, if, you know, I, I have no doubt he can get the rushing title uh, if things get even better with, with Watson coming back. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm going to do the numbers real quick, but in 11 games, he's averaging 94 yards per game. Uh, so, you know, you do the math right there. If he does that among the final six games, that's an extra 566 yards. So uh, your, your 1,500, 1,600-yard uh, pr prediction – I don't know if you want to call that a prediction, but I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, it and I think it depends on do the Browns run the same offense with Deshaun Watson that they ran with Stefanski? I say no, just because uh, in Aditi King Gabala talked about this week one against Carolina, they were running two separate offenses. So I would expect more shotgun, more, you know, three, four receiver sets. And I think that's just going to that's going to keep defenses honest a, a lot during the first 11 weeks was they were stacking the box, trying to eliminate the run game because, you know, that's how the Browns offense has essentially been been running the first couple of years with uh, Kevin Stefanski as the head coach and the offensive play caller. But 
I just feel like things are going to open up more with Watson because they are going to tailor the offense to his abilities and open more things up, which I think is going to be good for the receivers and tight ends, like you mentioned. But I think it's going to open things up more for Nick Chubb. And if the offensive line, which has struggled the last couple of weeks, can get healthy, obviously that's a tough task with Ethan Posick down with the knee injury. If the offensive line, you know, can get back on track, I think this offense, and obviously this is all barring what Deshaun Watson looks like coming out from the suspension, it's going to benefit everybody on that, whether it's the receivers, the tight ends, and of course uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as well, and who has struggled, but you know, maybe them opening things up for the running game will benefit Hunt as well. Well, I, I think you said something there. You used the term keeping them honest. And, you know, just with the, the, the change at quarterback and what he's able to do with his arm, um, it, it's really and truly going to keep defenses honest to where they're not going to be able to uh, stack the box with, you know, seven, eight, nine guys. You saw that, um, you know, Buffalo do that uh, to us last Sunday. And it's why Nick Chubb finished with 14 carries and 19 yards. You know, they did a great job of, um, you know, just stacking the line of scrimmage, not letting Nick Chubb beat them. And, you know, that's kind of what the Buckeyes did yesterday to Michigan. They forced um, the, the quarterback to beat them, and he did. Um, so they're not – when you have uh, Watson, a quarterback, teams aren't going to be able to do that. So, uh, you know, if you start seeing – you know, defensive boxes with six and seven guys instead of seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine guys. Um, Chubb has a great ability, uh, hunt too, of making people miss. Um, so you're gonna, you're gonna start to see, you know, those uh, sorts of chunk plays open up again. Um, you know, because these defenses have to remain honest and not stack the boxes. Um, so it's just, it's gonna look different. Um, just because of the change in quarterback. I'm not sure how much of a different offense is going to be, but it's just going to look different in the way they draw up formations, draw up uh, routes and, you know, protections and everything. It's going to look different, but I I still think you're, get, you're going to see some of the success that they've had on the ground running the ball uh, this year because these defenses are now going to have a uh, – you know, play honest and, and cover the threats of both uh, passing the ball and running the football. And, you know, if hopefully if one starts to, to falter, you know, the Browns and uh, Kevin Stefanski will be able to make these defenses pay by attacking the other one. So I, I think that now they can really build a, a good balance um, but between the two to where they've been so run heavy. Um, but with, with, you know, Watson and everything now, I with these defenses having to stay honest, I, I think you're just going to see a completely different uh, uh, form, of, form of attack. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. 
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Let's move over to the defensive side because obviously this has been a hot topic all season. Uh, the Browns have struggled mightily defensively. There's no doubt about it, um, especially in terms of running the ball or, uh, you know, trying to stop the run. And, you know, Tampa comes in, they're without Leonard Fournette. So, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, this rookie Rashad White, who had over 100 yards last week, um, steps in as the starter. And was he going to gash the Browns? And he had a couple big runs early in the game. Uh, but this defense, you know, I think set the tone a lot during the game on Sunday and, you know, they did just enough to win. You know, they, they got pressure on Brady, especially when Tristan Wirfs went down, but the fact that they held, you know, Tampa's running game, which is the worst in the league coming in, but you know, the Browns have done this several times this year um, with some of the bad running offenses. They've let them open up and run wild. The Browns hold Tampa below 100 yards. And I think that set the tone for the rest of the game is you know, as long as they were able to limit the running game, which they were, they were able to do whatever they want on defense. And it paid off in a big way, holding the Bucks' offense below 20 points and putting the offense in a position to win the game. Yeah, it, it seemed weird to where, you know, the, the defense was kind of able to, you know, impose their will. Um, <laughs> it's not, uh, it, it has not happened often. Uh, this season, I know, you know, you can talk about the Cincinnati game. They were kind of, they were able to do that uh, for most of the game. Um, you know, I thought the, all three levels uh, of the defense played well today. You know, the the, the front seven, uh, the the defensive line played well. You know, you can't, you couldn't have asked any more from Miles Garrett what he did. I thought the linebackers did well. JOK was, was all over the place today. Uh, the secondary, uh, Emerson. What a stud, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we have our, our poll. I don't know if he ended up making it on there or not, but um, you know, he played so well today that uh, you know, there's there's a lot of high hopes I think for him uh, being a rookie. When when your job is to to play Mike Evans all day long and you do a good job on him, that's that's a tough assignment. Um, you know, he was drawing lots lots of praise from the broadcast and Jonathan Vilma. Uh, for being a rookie, he did he did a pretty good job. So, um, 
you know, it, it was nice to see this defense put things together. And, and Jack, this defense doesn't have to play lights out. They don't have to be, you know, what do they call it, the 85 Bears or whatever it is. You know, this defense doesn't have to be that. If they could play above average and play like they did today, hold teams to 17, 20, 23 points, I, I think, um, you know, it's going to go a long way with the offense that they have. So um, they just have to play like they did today, play uh, really well, play disciplined, uh, they didn't get any turnovers, but, you know, there was very few uh, penalties uh, on both sides of the ball today, it seemed like. But, um, you know, they played a, a clean game. They didn't get uh, really beat deep at all. Um, so, you know, you couldn't uh, have asked from a, a, for a better game plan from Joe Woods. And I think this defense, you know, for as much criticism that they've taken this year, they deserve a lot of credit today. These guys came in, stepped up, played really hard, and I, uh, you know, they certainly uh, earned their share of the win. Especially, you know, Miles Garrett there those last couple of drives, just completely changing uh, the complexion of the game with those those sacks uh, in overtime uh, on Tom Brady. So, um, you you couldn't ask for anything better uh, from from this defense. Yeah, I mean, some key stats coming into today, uh, you know, the Browns were giving up 27 points a game, 30th in the league. Today, they give up 17. Um, Coming in, they were getting gashed in the running game, um, you know, allowing 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, Today, they gave up up 4.8, which is, you know, par for the course, but they still held them to 96 yards rushing. Uh, Third down efficiency, Bucks were 4 for 15. That's a key stat. Uh, three sacks today. That's a key stat. Miles Garrett, like you said, he only gets credited with one and a half sacks, but he was in on two of the big sacks at the end of the game, which forced the Buccaneers to punt, giving the ball back to the Browns offense. Those were huge. You mentioned Martin Emerson held Mike Evans to two catches for 31 yards. Greg Newsom was out. AJ Green ended up going out, I think with a concussion. Denzel Ward still not playing well. Martin Emerson, what more can we say about a third-round rookie? Stepping up, going up against some of the big receivers in this league, and he's being physical with them, opposing their his will on them, rattling them. You know, Mike Evans is one of the all-time greats in this league, especially at least of this generation, holding him to 31 yards on two catches. They let Chris Godwin get his, but that was it. Brown's secondary did a great job today. Um, all in all, like you said, every level of the defense played well. Now they got to build on that. Next week they go up against Houston. Not a good football team by any means. They're starting Kyle Allen at quarterback. Uh, they have Damian Pierce, who they're going to have to hold their own against him and try to limit him. He's had a great rookie year. You know, if, if they can build on it and stack some great performances up, you know, this is going to help the offense as well. They won't have to carry the load. If they can just put together team wins down the stretch. Who knows what will happen? And like we got a, it's a long, it's a big mountain to climb down the stretch. But if the defense can hold their own and do just enough to get the offense enough to to go out and put points on the board, we've seen crazy things happen in Cleveland, Anthony. Who knows what'll happen? But you know the defense, you know they got to feel good about how they played today. They just got to build upon it now. Yeah, you you build upon it. Um, you know you. Um, 
continue to play like that. And like I said, you, they don't have to be play be a lights out defense. They just have to be disciplined, eliminate the big chunk plays, play like they did today, and you know a lot of good things will happen. I think for this football team, um, play disciplined too is is I think the biggest thing, and and not just the players, but you know the coaching staff too. Be disciplined. Uh, don't try to do anything special. Uh, you again from the broadcast talked about how they you know simplified things or we're trying to simplify things. Keep going with that approach. Just line up, play, uh, let the talent that's on this defense uh, shine. Uh, you know, let them do what they do. You saw what Miles Garrett was able to do today. More of that. Just don't don't try to do anything special. Just line up, play football, and you know. There's like I said, there's a lot of talent, so let that talent shine. Yeah, for sure. And Miles Garrett, um, you know, talking about milestone hit, uh, stats, ten sacks again, fifth straight year with that. Uh, I think now he's at seventy total sacks. Uh, he wanted two on Tom Brady, which could be their final matchup against one another. He gets one and a half. Maybe they, you know go back and correct that and give him two ultimately, but one and a half, still a monster game. They had six QB hits overall today. Jordan Elliott got back there. Ben still who they picked up off the dolphins practice squad last week. He had a QB hit Clowney had one too. Um, some impact plays on that defensive side. JOK with a tackle for a loss. Elliott and Clowney each had a tackle for a loss. Tony fields did as well. So yeah, doing what they do best. We got that speed on the defense. Uh, if they can get, you know, they can find a gap and go and make a play, whether it's getting a tackle for a loss or a sack, uh, limiting the, the offensive playmakers on the opposing side from causing damage, which, you know, opposing offenses have done throughout the year. Um, you know, this bodes well for the defense. So, you know, hopefully they build upon it next week uh, against a bad Houston team who got shut out by the Dolphins. Um, I think, you know, get the Browns in a rhythm to where they can play lights out football, hopefully down the stretch in December. Um and give the Browns hopefully a chance to sneak back into the playoff hunt, which, like we said, it's a big mountain to climb. Oh, well, Houston ended up getting 15 points, but they were going to shut it out for a majority of the game, and it was over uh, at halftime, but it was 30 nothing at halftime. But, uh, yeah, you know, you play a bad team next week. Uh, who knows who's going to be starting at quarterback. It was Kyle Allen today for, for Houston. Um you know, they don't have much of a running game, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but, um, you know, their, their receivers aren't what they used to be. So, you know, there's certainly an opportunity there to play well again next week. Uh, hopefully you can build upon the performance you had today and just take it to Houston next week and, and continue to build on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have Damian Pierce, who has had a good rookie year, but the last two weeks he's gotten limited to 16 total yards on 15 carries. So his confidence is shot. So hopefully the Browns don't give him any hope. Uh, but yeah, they don't have much offensively. So, you know, the defense has to go in there wanting to, you know, just cause havoc rattle Kyle Allen, force him into some bad throws, get some turnovers, which the Browns defense has not generated enough. And Miles Garrett said that last week in his postgame presser. You know, this is a chance for you to tee off and, you know, wreck havoc on a bad offense. Like, don't give them any hope or any, you know, any shining light to where they think they can play and have a competitive shot against the Browns. This is a, one of these teams where you just go in and you want to bludgeon, bludgeon them bad. And I think that's hopefully uh, what Joe Woods and the rest of the defensive staff uh, sets the tone and says that this week going into Houston. 
Um, real quick on the special teams. I don't know what is going on there in terms of Cade York. Uh, it just seems like he these low trajectory. Tra- I can't ever say this right. Trajectory kicks are starting to get to him. Like I don't know if it's the protection up front, um, or what. But this is like the fourth or fifth time now he's had a kick blocked or tipped. I don't even know officially if that was called a tip today. I know some one of my buddies at the stadium said the ref waved it as such. But this is not good. I know he's a rookie. He's going. To, he's not going to make every kick, but that one was really bad today. But all in all, I thought the special teams played well. Jerome Ford, two solid kick returns. Donovan Peoples-Jones was really great in the punt return punt return aspect, averaged 15 a punt return. And then Bjorkwes had a bounce-back game that he needed big time, averaged almost 55 yards per punt. So outside of the York kick, I thought special teams played really good, um, but that – botched kick again is something that's really um gonna give it it won't it wouldn't give me an a in my book just because that's a continuous thing that's happening in the kicking game yeah i don't know what it is but i've i, I tweeted out i've never seen a team have so many block field goals or close to being blocked and that one was a protection issue and i think he rushed it because the that guy was like right on top of him as he was you know uh bringing his, his foot through for the follow-through, and I think that's why he he hook-shanked it uh, as, as much as he did. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the issue there is, you know, uh, but they need to figure something out because you you cannot have that. You know, it, it's, I guess, okay to have a black field goal or tip one every once in a while, but, Jack, it seems like it's every single week uh, these teams are, are getting right up on them. Um, so I don't know what the problem, <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, but it, it definitely needs fixed. And the fact that it's gone on this long and hasn't been fixed yet is, is, a uh, a separate issue and another problem to deal with too. Yeah, definitely. I know we've had our, you know, offensive line injuries, obviously post out, Dunn's out. Um, so you're obviously hurt in terms of, you know, the depth for special teams blocking and everything, but. Yeah, I just look at it as a coaching issue, and it's something that hasn't been corrected yet. Uh, we haven't talked as much about the issues with special teams on this podcast, but we know that Mike Prefer has not been doing a very good job. Um, I, I would think if they're going to make a change or multiple changes, it starts with Joe Woods and Mike Prefer at the end of the season. I just think there there needs to be new voices in those aspects of the coaching staff, and uh, the special teams has been a blunder. Like I don't remember looking and seeing issues with – uh, the trajectory of Cade York's kicks at LSU uh, seemed fine at the beginning of the season. Now it's becoming more of an apparent issue weekly. And Bjorquez, I know he's had his ups and downs throughout his career, but I thought he started off really strong and then like really dipped down the last several weeks. Um, obviously today was good, but it just seems like that's a coaching issue. And when there's issues like that, I don't think it's so much the talent as it is uh, the leadership in the, in those rooms. And I feel like special teams is definitely a room that needs to be um, they overhauled it in talent. They need to overhaul it in coaching. I think this coming off season. Yeah, I, I think so too. And you've seen a couple of good things the last couple of weeks with Jerome Ford and, and people's Jones returning kicks. Now it's got to now the rest of the special teams and, and all the other different aspects need to uh, improve as well. Yeah, without a doubt. I know you mentioned our mayor of Dogland poll, which we typically put up after a win. I hadn't put it up yet just because I, couldn't come up with for, I mean, there you could come up with 
multiple candidates, but I couldn't whittle it down to four. And I know the majority of our group chat had said Jacoby Brissett, I think, earned it, especially for what he's done through the first 11 weeks. Um, well, we can make a strong case for Martin Emerson, uh, Nick Chubb, obviously, Miles Garrett, obviously, Amari Cooper bouncing back from that job to make some clutch throw or clutch catches in the fourth quarter. That's why it was so hard, and I hadn't even put up the poll yet. So, uh, I'm going Jacoby Brissett. I mean, if you want to make a case for somebody else, you, you the floor is yours, man. Yeah, I, I definitely can see Brissett, <laughs> Brissett but I, I just think what Emerson did today, um, you know, I, that was a special performance, I think, on the defensive side and what he was able to do. Uh, he did a phenomenal job. And, um, you know, we've we've talked about him and we, we see that the talent's there. And, you know, I, I like that he's a, a big physical corner. Uh, he doesn't let any of these guys intimidate him. Uh, and I, I think that the job that he today, I, I think, would, would warrant my vote for him. So if we had to whittle it down to two offensive and two defensive players, just to be, you know, just to be fair, um, who would your, who would your four be? Two offense, two defense. Mine would be Brissett, Chubb, Miles, Emerson. Uh, I think I would go uh, Brissett, then Joku for the catch. Okay. Because that was one of the most tremendous catches I've ever seen from a tight end. I'll take that. So we'll go to Brissett and Njoku on offense. Now on defense, Miles and, and Emerson. Miles and Emerson. Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to put that up right now uh, for our listeners that are on Twitter and that follow us. And if you don't already, it's at the Dogland. Uh, the poll is going up around 6 p.m. on Sunday night, and it'll be up for 24 hours. So by the time you listen to this podcast, hopefully you can still go over and make – cast your ballot for the mayor of Dogland for the Browns week 12 victory. Um, Anthony, as we wrap things up, anything else you want to discuss? Well, just, just one final point on, on the, the mayor poll. It's nice that we have like five or six guys that we have to talk about to, to figure out who we're going to put on this poll. That just shows what a, a team performance we had today. And that's why they got the win. I think it's just nice that we get to do this because it's been almost a month since we've been that able is, to do a poll like that. That's as well. that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's certainly a fair statement too. Yeah, I would agree. So as we wrap things up, uh, we thank you all for listening and sticking with us, um, especially with our move over to the Dogs by Nature feed. Um, and to our new listeners, we appreciate you all for listening. Uh, hopefully you continue to listen to us as well as uh, the Dogs Table, who is our uh, fellow podcast on this feed. They're doing some great work as well. So we're excited to uh, be working alongside them and working for Dogs by Nature. It's been uh been a great thrill so far and we're uh, hoping for many more victory Mondays and victory pods to come on this one. Uh, so until next time, which we'll be back later this week to get you guys ready for Browns versus Texans. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry zero eight. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony jokey, and you can follow the Dogland at the Dogland, and be sure to check out dogs by nature as well for all their great work. So until next time, enjoy victory Monday. And as always go Browns. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home. 
with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.